Welcome to In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know. We are back after a long hiatus where Mason went on his honeymoon 2.0 and I was goofing off somewhere in New Orleans. Anyways, we are back. We have an episode for you. Seems like we kind of do these things when shit hits the fan. (laughs) Seems like that's what brings us together. gets us behind a mic. In any case, I'm I actually I'm not even going to bullshit you. I wish I could be like, yeah, I'm fucking excited to be back behind the mic and uh, I got great content for you. But honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't have great content. What I have is a fucking rant and and a lot of anger and and just frustrations. But we'll get into that. We have plenty of time. Mason, how are you? Great, man. Um, These podcasts are nothing if not eventful. So, um, you know, whatever it's, whether it's bad news, whether it's good news, it's never, it's, it's never just like, okay, with this team. (laughs) It's like 10%, maybe, maybe good. And then the 90% is usually just us talking about bad stuff that happened to them. So um, just check another, another check on the box there. Another check on the box there. So before the season started, we all learned about Mr. Williamson's foot injury that required surgery. And the whole team was like, he'll be back by opening night before you know it. Nothing to be worried about. Wait, the exact words from David Griffin were, um, well, not the exact words, but the very close exact words from David Griffin were, um, you know, uh, this is going to be a, a very big negative for you guys but it's not going to be a negative for us because we've been dealing with it all off season. And here we are, it is November and we are two to three weeks out before he can even begin participating in five on five before he, if, you know, that's if he gets cleared in the next round of scans, if, if, wow. You know, and, and when, when, when that media day happened and everyone was surprised about his injury, your boy over here wrote an article on WDSU, which hello, hello, I, I write there now, apparently, which I haven't done much more of since the season started. But anyways, I wrote an article there. And in that article, I said, you cannot trust this organization to tell you the truth about any injury. It calls into question every single injury, especially regarding Zion. Lo and behold, opening night came. We were told, oh, yeah, he's going to have skins in two to two and a half weeks. He's progressing really well. He's not anywhere close. By the way, we never said he'd be ready by opening night. We just said he'd be back for the regular season, whatever the hell that means. And then 
it's been two to two and a half weeks. And now it's like, yep, he's continuing to progress. And by continuing to progress, he still hasn't done any five on fives. That's a ton of progress right there. And we'll have more scans in (laughs) two to three weeks. So they're just kicking the can down the road. And here we are, all of us putting all of our clown makeup on and listening to everything that they have to tell us and be like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, cool. We'll wait. We'll wait another two two to three weeks. Is that that accurate, Mason? Is that what's going on? Are we the idiots here? We've, are we fans of the Pelicans? I don't know. Are we? (laughs) Because that's the, that's the answer. Oh, man. Well, it's, uh, it, it, it's been it's been a day um i i share your frustrations we'll 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 get into it but it's um yeah it feels foolish to continue to trust anything that that's come, come out over the past few weeks they're just straight up lying to you they are a bunch of liars and they do not care one bit if they insult your intelligence they do not care one bit that you know, just telling you over and over, hey, things are fine. Things are okay. Things are progressing. Things are getting better. And yet when you ask for any of the progress, it's it's always a period of time away. It's always a period of weeks away. And whatever, you know, whatever analysis they did that allowed them to say, we sh- you know, he's going to be ready for opening night clearly was shit whatever analysis they did beyond that clearly was shit so it's either their execution is shit or they're lying to your fucking face or both and more i don't know i i don't really have words i'm just expressing emotions at the moment <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think the only thing you missed in that uh commentary is not doing all their homework before they say something (laughs) and so that's you know maybe that's not in while there i think there certainly was intentional lying there could have been some unintentional lying because they didn't didn't do the work ahead of time and trusted information that wasn't good and the fans are the ones who got hung out to dry as usual i mean because I mean, let, let's let's face it. The, the Pelicans have one priority right now, and that is placating a guy who hasn't touched the floor this season, and we don't know when he will. Um, and, and that begs up, the question: yeah. Why should that be their one priority? Because sure. this guy has not taken care of himself. He has not participated in team stuff over the summer. He did not participate in team stuff during preseason. He barely participated in team stuff up until now. Why should that guy be the one priority, Mason? The only answer I have for you is because he's Zion. That's it. And And that's exactly the case. That's it. Because he is the only player on this roster capable of being that top 10 type talent, capable of leading this team to all the success that it's trying to get to. You're seeing that in these games where the games are ridiculously close and then they just cannot score. They are waiting for their star and all the pieces around him 
are not complete without him on the floor. And so in their eyes, if they can get through to Zion, if they can get him healthy, they will start winning games and then the fans will forgive them. That's their gamble. That's what they're banking on. I don't know if it's a good gamble. I do. I I understand it. I think as long as, you know, like if it's a tough position to be in as a GM, because as long as you have that type of talent on your roster, you kind of like owe it to the organization to build around that and, and see what you can do out of it. But man, has, has it been a fucking chore doing so? So I, I guess let's, let's go right into it. Why, why are you even questioning whether or not it's a good gamble? Not, not to say that the Pelicans couldn't have done some things better on the communication front, but you know, the whole, because he's Zion thing. I mean, that, that assumes that there was another, another road to take here. Um, and I guess, was there one? And, you know, in hindsight, is, is there another approach you would have taken to as, you know, if you were running the Pelicans to, to, to this beyond maybe just a little bit more um, transparency communication? I, you know, I, I, I think at least with regards to the injury, they could have absolutely not said anything during media day. They, like he injured it. We'll yep. see, you know, they did yep. not have to put a fucking date on it. Yep. And then, okay, let's say they put a date on it. The next round of updates, they easily could be like, hey, um, you know, this round of scans reveal that this is going to take longer than we thought. And if the whole idea is, you know, and, and this, is, this is kind of the working theory of, of many who are in the know, that the Pelicans are just kind of bending over backwards to appease Zion's camp in terms of how the the information is related regarding his injury. Zion's camp would love for Zion's image to be that he's this kind of like invincible dude who is also not fat and they don't want to draw attention to his weight and all these other things. And by doing so, by controlling what kind of stuff is released about his injuries, they are drawing an immense amount of attention to all the things that they don't want attention to. And you know, I, if they just came out and said, yo, this dude is not in shape. Um, and, and look, the thing is not healing the way it healed. People would be frustrated, but they would not be being lied to. And you can do that without even throwing Zion under the bus. You can just say, Hey man, this is a bone injury and bones are tricky. Sometimes they take longer to heal. Uh, foot injuries in particular, that fifth metatarsal, they have poor blood circulation. So sometimes, you know, they take longer than expected. And we want to do everything that we can to make sure this is not a lingering situation. This is not a returning situation. You can communicate that and be like, this is what the scans revealed and, and not throw Zion under the bus. But the thing is, Zion's camp feels like if you communicate that, People are going to point the finger at Zion, right? But they're right. already pointing the finger at Zion, <laughs> exactly. and they should. That's 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 the thing is that like what you just walked through is it's not rocket science. Like that's it's borderline common sense for a front office, and it's not like Griff and the rest of the the the, the you know key decision makers are oblivious to that fact. That they, they can cert they certainly would be a level of confidence that can spin this in a way that makes sense. The only reason not to is because they're being told not to. I mean, that, that's at least the conclusion I come to, is that there's no other reason why 
you would let this play out the way it did. Um, and, and so, I mean, they don't, they don't act this way with any other player. Right. And, right. and, and there's your evidence right there. Brandon Ingram, hip contusion listed day to day, whatever, you know, you, there's not, not a fucking question around that. And Nikhil hurt something, you know, he hurt, he, he twisted his ankle. They're like, yep, he's going to mix this, this, this many weeks. This is where he did. And boom, he's back. Right. And there's never a question regarding anyone else except Zion because they want to be the fucking Bermuda triangle <laughs> and, and not let anything out because there's this image that they want to maintain of Zion, not that they being his camp and, and David Griffin and the Pelicans organization will do whatever those people want. Um, and, and, you know, until he either a signs that extension or B he tells him he's getting the fuck out of here. Right. Right. And and this is a, and it's a noticeable change from the last, you know, last uh, hierarchy in the organization to this one. I mean, that, that we got used to the Dell Demps era to that lack of transparency. And then suddenly we started getting information. Uh, um, granted some of it was BS, but we started getting information and we got used to it. And it was nice. And, mo- and most of it, you know, beyond Zion seemed pretty reliable. And now, and now suddenly we're, it feels like we're not only are we back to just, just n- n- no transparency, but just, just being outright misled. So it's, it's, it's very, it's very frustrating. And I, you know, every single fan has a, has a right to be upset about it, especially I, the ones paying for tickets. And and I just want to ask, I wish I could give Willie Green a truth sir. I wish I could give like, players on the roster a truth serum and be like are you okay with this are you okay with with one player being given this much of of the exception when it comes to like team rules and procedures and 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 just one player not being as part of the team the, the way he's been are, are you okay with this are you okay with your having your roster hang in limbo based off of the the decisions of one person and and I'm genuinely curious if under the truth serum, some of those people I would say, I think we should just cut bait now and and work with the group of people we have because they're playing hard. That that doesn't make it like the right decision. I'm just curious if there's people who genuinely feel that way. Yeah. I mean, well, also that's <laughs> that's why you I mean, that's an example of why the the head coach slash player basketball or uh, president of basketball operations dual role uh, can be problematic because <laughs> maybe Zion gets traded next week if that's the case. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I think that would certainly be a reasonable sentiment for, for people to have is, you know, I guess not, not front office members, but certainly the player players or coaches. I wouldn't be shocked if, if some people feel this way. It, it feels like a never ending saga and all the conversations about the dude who's not playing, the dude who's not, you know, working his ass off versus the team the team that by all accounts forget the record it's most i feel like the general sentiment around the pelicans is that this team's at least really fun to watch this team's competing and that's you know there there's just a zion size productivity hole in the, in the roster yeah i mean there's there's no good answers here that's why it's just so annoying that you have to deal with this constantly the, the first season of zion it was the exact same thing is he going to be back by Thanksgiving? Is he going to be back by Christmas? Oh, here's a video of him dunking. Oh, he's doing all this. Or here's him warming up. And, like, it's this fucking deja vu where the Pelicans are doing the same thing. Oh, here's Zion shooting free throws with Fred Vincent. Woo! And then there's Willie Green on camera saying, actually, 
he's not doing shit for another two and a half weeks and three weeks. And so it's just this, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a shit show. That's what it is. Welcome to Pelicans basketball. So because it's a shit show for the first time ever, I'm going to pull a Preston Ellis and call the season. It's over. <laughs> Six games in. <laughs> Shout out Preston, baby. I don't know where you went, but we live on through this podcast. Oh, man. Time to call the season, and we are starting the tank today. Brandon Ingram, day to day. Love that. Take your time, big guy. <laughs> Take your time to get healthy. Devontae Graham, new addition, questionable on the injury list. Take your time, man. You got your paycheck. <laughs> you, you got your payday, bro. It, Relax. If JV plays a second more than 30 minutes in any game, we are rushing the court. Yeah, man. JV gets in foul trouble. It's okay, man. Look, rest him. <laughs> don't, don't let him gamble on that third foul. Two early fouls. It's okay. Let Jackson in there. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, if Zion's not, you know, like two two and a half weeks, three weeks puts us Three weeks puts us to basically Thanksgiving week, right? Um, And that's to determine if he's able to practice or not. So let's assume in a perfect world, which it never is, he's clear to practice. I would assume it's another two weeks minimum before he's allowed to get on the floor uh, in an NBA game. And then another three weeks or so after that, where he's like played himself into like decent shape. Um, You know, God has got his rhythm back. So you're looking at, you're, you're looking at almost two months from now um and and that puts you in into the new year that before zion comes back i can easily see this team like two and 15 dude if if, you know i don't know how many more games he's gonna miss but like something something like that if if he so even more up the in the most optimistic of scenarios so this is the first thing i was i was looking at once once the news broke this morning it's like yeah so let's say he's let uh, two weeks (laughs) you heard you heard willie green as soon as he said two weeks almost immediately correct himself and say two to three weeks. And so let's, let's call it three weeks until, until that that next scan comes. And even if he's back on the floor practicing with them and can get into the starting, can get back into the lineup playing games by December 1st, which is incredibly optimistic and and almost certainly not going to happen. Then give it another two weeks from that point. And he's maybe ramped up to full minutes again, optimistic. That's 30 games. The, the most optimistic of scenario, he's missed, he's missed 29 games. He's back for game 30. I, I, I don't see a more, um, a, a more realistic and, op, uh, you know, or, or more optimistic uh, possibility that's still realistic than being there, being back for the 30th game of the season. And so, yeah. And like all these people like, Oh, look at the Hawks last year. They had a, a losing record. And then they, you know, did all this, the Knicks last year, then they traded for Derrick Rose, bro. This shit ever happens to the Pelicans. I don't know why you're looking at all these exceptions. (laughs) Look at every single year the Pelicans have started terribly. Yeah, have they made the playoffs then? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, like, I don't know why you're selling yourself into this delusion where, you know, like, oh, Zion's going to come back, and then he's going to lead us to this. Okay, great. Zion's going to come back. Who's going to be healthy at that point? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to play? Like, what kind of restrictions is he going to be on? And then, man, look, you have – True, great, expiring contracts to trade. You have a $17 million trade exception, which, by the way, you can hold on to until uh, the day after the moratorium lifts um, next year. So you can do a sign-and-trade if if you wanted to. But, again, you have these assets in place. 
I say you need to start looking at some of these shitty teams and looking at where you can start taking salary off their hands and gaining assets. You're probably going to end up with a top 10 pick again this year. If you're, if you're smart, if you're lucky, you can get into the top five. It's not too late to start that shit. I don't care if you, you don't pick a 19 year old with that pick. I don't care if you trade it later, that asset is going to be more valuable than any fucking thing you can accomplish this season. If Zion misses that amount of time. Am I wrong? Um, no, you're mostly right. Um, I do have it. All right. If we, if we tie this back to what you said, what, what we talked about before around what the number one priority here is with Zion and uh, how they messaged all this shit was, you know, prioritizing his camp and his people. Um, I, I think if you go down that path, even when Zion gets back and don't even make a play at trying to squeak into the play in tourney. And again, this is very dependent on where they are because I, I, to be clear, I'm yeah, they, w- <laughs> they should not do anything in terms of mid season moves to prioritize the season. None. I, I want to make that very clear, but beyond that, I think that you, if you, if you go full bore on tanking and Zion comes back in like January and you're like, even within like a, a, a you're just barely within distance of the 10th seed. I, I think they've, I, I think you have to at least make some sort of effort and, and not just pack it in. Um, yeah. Okay. But- I get that. Right. You know, if Zion comes back, you have a chance to make a run for the play in. Sure. Play your, play your dudes who are healthy, try to make for it, but don't you dare trade a fucking pick <laughs> to try to squeak. In Absolutely not. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Like, like, you know, I, I still think you can make a run for the play in and trade Sandoransky and Josh Hart who, who, you know, for, for salary and, and get an asset because Sandoransky is just not even in the fucking rotation right now. And Zion's not healthy. And, yep. and Josh Hart is already being replaced by Herb Jones. And, and you already have Najee and, and all that. Yes. I guess not. I, I know Najee has been kind of a disaster to start the season, but Josh Hart's importance on the roster diminishes significantly with a healthy Zion. It just does. Yep. And, and so you could still make those type of trades. Okay, fine. You don't want to, you don't want to use your, your trade exception. You want to use it to, to sign and trade for a good player this summer. Fine. Hold on to that. Whatever. But you have a, a pretty remarkable chance to kind of like reload on your, on your assets here and, and, and still just kind of like sell the bullshit hope of you're making your run for the plan. Because if, if, you know, your starting five is healthy, you're going to make that run. And, and there's not really, you know, like the, the, the bench players aren't really going to change things. And if you're, if you're able to get a pick out of it, fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yep. And then, you know, what sucks about this, man, you what look at the West, what? <laughs> the fucking yeah, everything sucks about this, but you, you just look at the standings in the West. The Grizzlies are three and three and they're the seventh seed. Division's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Is, is, is three and four. Phoenix is two and three. Yeah. The division is just god awful <laughs> there is houston and new orleans have combined for one win san antonio has double their win total which is two and they're getting crushed by the one and six pacers tonight <laughs> god this was such such a blown opportunity if zion i i have no doubt that if zion was healthy that this this record could have been something like four and two right now i guess they've played seven games four and three whatever Yep. Four and three yep. would have been good for tied for six with LA. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, 
it it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the, 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 the presumptive division winner uh, hired Jason Kidd and that's going about as poorly as most people expected it to. Um, it's just like the, the division was up for grabs and um, you know, I, I think most, despite, you know, I, I think most objective people seeing the changes in the rosters year over year would at least have put Memphis, you know, we talked about it, I think a month ago, but what we have better Pelicans at full strength, better roster than Memphis full strength. I, I just don't see, I, I don't know how that's debatable preseason. Um, obviously who cares, who cares now? And Ja also looks like a, you know, fucking incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, the, I mean, again, early season caveat because weird shit always happens early in the season, but there was, you know, they could have made, made some noise here and not anymore. Just out the window. Okay, enough Zion. Let's talk about some of the players on this roster. First of all, on a positive note, Jonas Valanciunas has been absolutely incredible. Dude's a monster. Dude destroys everything in his path on the offensive end, on the on the glass, in the post. He's a monster. Excellent pickup, excellent extension. Love that. Can't wait to see him in action for the next two years. A big who can make free throws, and it's going to matter too. Which you know, whenever the hell you get Zion and him in the front court together, just getting just getting into the, the getting the Pelicans into the bonus by themselves, just like it's yeah. going to be it's going to be great. You're not going to be able to do the thing what they did with Stephen Adams was like they just put like a, a forward on Stephen Adams and they put a, a center on Zion. You just you're not going to be able to do that. It's going to be murder on the offensive glass. Devonte Graham, very happy with that. He's hitting his threes. He's making ridiculous shots. Yeah, you know, he's inefficient inside the arc. But you know who? what? He's getting a shit ton of Kobe assists. And I think that's another player who's going to pop when Zion comes back. Just his looks are going to get a lot easier. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game and have fun with your friends. And most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code BLUEWIRE and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code BLUEWIRE when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Yeah. Um, and I, I even think from, like, and granted, I missed the first three game, three or four games because I was still in Europe and everyone told me, do not watch that trash. And so I did not. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, I like what I saw from Graham's aggressiveness. And I feel like while he still isn't making shots inside beyond the occasional acrobatic finish, um, it feels at least I haven't, I haven't checked the, the stats on this, but it feels like he's not turning the ball over as much. And he's actually, you know, finding people when he gets in there. And so I'm okay with that, especially like given, like you said, with, you know, him next to JV and Zion, there are plenty of 
Kobe assists that, that can come from that. So um, I'll be kind of, I'll be watching his turnovers and, and I mean, I, I don't expect much from the finishing rate to improve. I don't think we have any evidence to suggest it will, but um, taking care of the basketball is one that's going to be, I think, pretty important, at least giving, giving the big men opportunities to finish. Right. And look, he's not someone who's a primary guard and he's not going to, I think, I, I don't think he's going to like, carry units by himself he's definitely a complimentary piece and, and, and a piece that fits really nicely with a guy like Jonas and, and will fit next to to Zion and so a guy you kind of hoped would would take off here was Nikhil Alexander Walker and and I gotta say Pelicans fans you gotta take the rose tinted glasses off Nikhil has been awful Nikhil has just been a complete mess on the offensive end, he's been a negative on the defensive end. Yes, he's getting steals. Yes, he's getting blocks and deflections. He is out of position all the time. He is struggling to get through screens, just letting random players go off. It's it's not good, and it's tough because, you know, he's getting to be the guy on the scouting report for the first time in his career. Teams are focusing in on him, which is tough for a young guard. He is also getting to take on stronger defensive assignments while having a greater load on offense himself. That's a tough thing to do for a young guard. So I, you know, I have optimism that he will improve, but he has been nothing short of a disaster and it's actively hurting the Pelicans. 99 points on 108 shots for Nikhil so far this year, 18 assists, 10 turnovers. I mean, there, there's there's no good way to spin it. Um, Look, if I if if you took any player in the league and I told you he was taking eight threes a game and he's shooting twenty six percent, you would you would say that player needs to stop shooting. People make fun of Westbrook for this stuff all the time, and Nikhil, it's not like he's hitting his twos either. It's, it's only forty five percent on his twos, thirty like five percent overall. Um, just like over his career so far, you know, you, you take a look at every single player that's played the amount of games that he's played in, um, you know, like in the minimum amount of minutes that he's played in. He is amongst the most inefficient in history. And then that's just that is what it is. And, and part of that is just the things we talked about, how the game is difficult with Zion out and he's the guy and, and things will get easier when Zion's back. Part of that is he's just doing dumb shit constantly, <laughs> constantly. I mean, I was I was courtside at the Hawks game. I was sitting on the uh, baseline uh, right next to the goal and the goal where the Pelicans were going at in the in the fourth quarter or in the second half. Right. So I saw like the Pelicans offense up close. Um Literally, there was this one possession. Dude tries to do a 360 no-scope three. It's like he catches it, pump fakes, jab steps, does a 360 pivot, no passes in any of this, and then pulls up for three and completely, I think I think it was an air ball. It was like a really bad miss. It's like, come on, man. Like, look at the time. Look at the situation. Why is that a good shot at any point? At any point. And you're just making the game unnecessarily difficult for yourself. I think it's just like, it comes off as someone so keen on proving to the world that he's good and he deserves to be out there and he deserves these minutes and, and that he not only, not only does he deserve those things that he's 
He's got a ridiculous back. He's a scorer. He's crafty. He wants, you know, he wants that attention. And it's come at the expense of doing the fundamental stuff. It's come at the expense of taking the easy shot. It's come at the expense of finding his bread and butter. It's come at the expense of, of making the easy pass. And I think that's been a challenge with him his whole career. And Stan didn't have any tolerance for that, which is why he was glued to the bench. And, and now, you know, by, by the product of the lack of talent on this roster, Nikhil is getting those opportunities and he's just not made much of them. Yeah. And I, I think the, the thing to stress is the shot difficulty um, because I mean, you see all these numbers dipping from where he, he used to be or for, and, or for, he was the past couple of seasons. And yeah, one, he's not being, he, he was not being keyed in on, like you said, the way that he is now as a starter. Um teams are kind of understanding who he is and too. Yeah. He's just making things too hard on himself. I mean, he's, he's taking ridiculous shots. Like, I mean, he's the reason he's shooting 26% from three. I can't tell you it's because, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's not open. It, he's, or he, he's just, he's taking off balance, stupid stuff. I like, mean, he is missing open shots, but the, the, the honest like, truth is that for his career, he has not been an open shot maker. Look at those stats. He's just not made them. And so far it's been, we've been excusing that to youth and small sample and blah, blah, blah. He's not been a good, he's not been good from three ever, ever. I just don't know what you do with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I, I, I think that we are very, maybe more so than most players, we're very susceptible to riding hot or riding higher or, or uh, just, criticizing the guy because he's been so up and down throughout his career and obviously more down than up. And it's frustrating because this it appears that the skill sets there. Um, I mean, Zach Lowe even wrote about him in his articles past week and he was, I mean, he's spot on, um, you know, say what you want about some of the other things you may have said about the other players on the roster or decisions that they made as a team. But I mean, what he said about Nikhil was, was right. And you know, he's got to get this, the, the easy, he's got to the easier stuff, right. Before he starts to try to do the hard stuff. And the, I mean, the, the thing is like, especially in that starting lineup between Graham Ingram and Valence Eunice, there's, there's enough offensive talent there that he doesn't have to do all this. I mean, obviously the offense is not done well and there's a correlation there that's Nikhil's play so far, but there's enough guys who can get a bucket at the end of the shot clock and don't need Nikhil taking bad shots with 15 seconds off in the shot clock, you know? Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think it's very easy to fall in love with Nikhil because he has the work ethic. He he says the right things. He flashes all of the potential in the world. I mean, some of the stuff he does looks like absolute superstar stuff. Like it, it's, it's mesmerizing to watch him when he's on a heater, but in between all of that, it's just this, inability to do the basic thing and i i say inability because he hasn't done it and so until he does it it's it'll be an inability and and i just i just don't know don't know what to say to that the team the team needs him to be good i hope this is going to be one of those things where you know a rough a rough start to the season, all this attention makes him a better player when, when he's around other better players, because we saw this with Lonzo when he was first traded in New Orleans, he looked at like absolute crap. And then he started snapping 
you know, a little bit before Zion got back in, in that late January because he, he found his flow a little bit, uh, found confidence in his shot. And then he really clicked when Zion got back. And then and then that became the kind of the case with him is like without Zion, he just did not look like he could do much of anything. And then when Zion was on, man, this guy looked like he really fit. And so I'm hoping that becomes the case with Nikhil because if you have a, a player who can be useful to you um, and useful to your team when another player is here, that's great. I'm, I, you know, it, it's not ideal, but it's fine. You can, you can work around that limitation. What you can't work around is if, if this guy is just going to torpedo your offense and you don't know what you're going to get from him night in and night out, because then you end up in that exact situation you were with Lonzo do I pay this guy? Do I rely on a maybe? Do I rely on a coin flip? And you don't want to be there. And and while I don't think that, I'd be shocked if if you know like Nikhil is is demanding Lonzo money uh, for his extension coming up this summer. I'd, I'd be shocked. He frankly has done nothing to earn it. He doesn't have that kind of the pedigree, and he doesn't have a, uh, a fourteen million dollar qualifying offer to to fall back on. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to be mindful of, 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 of what he can be for your team and, and how much it's going to cost. Yeah. If, if you had the option to give him commit to a full mid-level for four years for Nikhil right now, would you do it? Yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. I think there's a player in there and I think there's a player that wants to be good. Yep. And, and I think that, it just may be that that player needs the 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 Zion to unlock him. But if yeah, I guess that's a uh, the corollary is if he needs Zion to unlock him, is he worth it? You know? Yeah, I mean at the mid level, sure. Yeah, sure. I think I would too. Because um, he can be like you know, like on a Zion team, he can be your X factor in a given night because. You know, you know you're going to get like 27, 30 out of Zion. You know, Bi is going to give you what he's going to give you. And now you know, like Jonas is there, and and Devonte, Devonte is a little bit more consistent. He's still inconsistent, but he's more consistent than Nikhil. But you know, if you're getting, if you're getting All Star Nikhil, then yeah, <laughs> you you can take a good team and look unbeatable those nights. And then you know, if you're not, you can still be a good team because you have Zion. And I think that's what. That's what's kind of got to be the the blueprint here is that he's the one that can on any given night make you look like an impossible team to beat. Do you, you see what the Bulls did to the Celtics in the fourth quarter just now? No, I well, dude, the Celtics are interesting. I want to talk about them. But what did they do? <laughs> the The Bulls were down by like fifteen to start the fourth quarter. They scored. They outscored Boston thirty nine to eleven, and they won by fourteen. Dude, that is, first of all, incredible. Second of all, um, Ime Odoka, man, I do not think he is getting through to his stars. I think it's looking like a Stan Van Cundy situation out there. I mean, this is obviously early, right? You're like five games into the season. But I, the quotes that I see coming out of there, the the kind of like <laughs> blame being put upon the players, the, you know, he, he said something about Jalen Brown, like how it was like, mind-boggling like how you don't know what you're going to get from him like any given night and i'm like what the dude whatever he's doing out there they those players are not having it and i'm curious to see if 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 um mr brad stevens is going to stick with ma for after this year 
or it's going to be one of those situations where the players force his hand. Cause I don't think, I don't think it's working, man. I don't think it's working. That's a better well, roster. Yeah. That's a better roster than, than two and five. Yeah. And, and, and like Horford's been legitimately good. Jalen <laughs> so like, Brown's I mean, got, been a fucking all-star. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, Brown and Tatum and smart. Uh, Tatum has been, been mediocre. Not good. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Brown's been great. Yeah. Wasn't Schroeder supposed to be like the value signing of the year? I mean, like, I don't know, man. GM, GM Brad Stevens as a, as a way to go and, you know, I wish I could say with any confidence that like, oh, the Pelicans are going to be good and they're going to poach these players off. No, they, they're not. It's just, it's just not. Which is why they need a fucking tank for this top three pick. And and then when one of the when one of the Jays ask out, just drop the chest on them. Do it for the Jays. One of these days. One of these days they'll be able to unload the clip off with all these picks. But Daryl Morey calls you and he says, "Give me Nikhil." Kyra, Josh, and Sanaransky, and you can have Ben Simmons. Uh, oh, and two picks, and you can have oh, Ben Simmons. I was about to say immediately. I'm saying uh, and, like, and two, and two be damned, and and two picks, and you can have Ben Simmons. What do you say? What are the picks? Um, I don't know. They could do. I'd say you could do. Um, Top five protected this year, and and a future I don't know Bucks pick. So so the pick that's already leaving if it's not if it's oh yeah so Charlotte already kind of owns that pick so I guess if you're not top five um it could be the first available Pelicans pick to trade top five protected. Um, that gets a little dicier. Um. Because if that all goes to shit, then it really goes to shit. Um, I guess if it's protected, I, if it's protected, that helps. But I mean, I I would consider it. I, need to, I would need to know that that Ben Simmons is going to care and try <laughs> on, on the Pelicans. Yo, uh, man, because... look, if you have a toxic situation on your team where where your star is, you know, not not buying in and trying, what you need to do to fix it is bring in Ben Simmons. I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> seriously i mean that's it's you need to add rich paul to the mix whenever you can because things go well when you do and and ben simmons is that exact player who'll turn your culture around yeah it's like ben ben's got his money already so like if this was if this was 2k i'd say yes yeah right exactly (laughs) and you know what even if you went down to like one pick i might i I might be i could potentially be convinced you know what's funny Um, is that like if if not, if this was 2K, like nonsense aside, you know, you had Ben Simmons as your starting power forward to start this year, you're probably four and three. Huh. I'd say so. I don't know. I think that might be a little optimistic, but. <laughs> you don't think so? Yeah, maybe not. That Pel- With that Pelicans team? Nah. Yeah, maybe not. Have, I don't think they have enough shooting. Yeah, but they're starting Herbert. Speaking of, what a great segue. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, you know how bad it is that we got like we're like 50 minutes into this damn podcast and now we're just talking about the good thing that's happened. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about Jonas. Uh but yes, Herbert. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. But like the most the most unexpected good thing has to be Herb Jones. (laughs) Yes. 
Which is, I, I'm going to call him Herbert from now. I just till him, you know, forever. Herbert's his name. Not on, not on Herb. Just Herbert, man. Herbert. Um, but you know, Mister Mister Herbert. I, I hope it's one of those situations where like David Lee gets hurt and they start Draymond and Draymond's big re- revelation and really unlocks their team. You know, obviously we don't have any of those kind of shooters, but just n- the data points were like, oh, we can start Herbert and not look bad. That's kind of cool. Hey, this guy, you can put on literally everybody. You're putting him on Trey Young. Okay. You're putting him on Julius Randle. Okay. You're putting him on Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. I mean, what, what doesn't this guy do? I'm so excited because everyone's been like, oh, you got to put Zion at the center eventually. And I'm like, no, you need someone else who can do it. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they may have found there's someone else. They may have found there's someone else that can play those center minutes in, in the small ball situations. Yeah. And it, I mean, it also allows you to be more flexible with where you, how you position BI defensively too. And granted, I, I think he's taken some meaningful steps forward in the effort department and, and be able to use his, his length to create a little bit more disruption this year but it's still like burning him as a ways to go to be a good defender. And if you can have a guy like, like Herbert, um, maybe that'll catch on. I'm, I'm still seeing how I feel about Herbert versus Herbert. Herbert. Dude, um, <laughs> he said he prefers Herbert. They asked him, like, what do you oh, prefer? He? Yeah. He prefers Herbert. I'm going to respect okay. that man's wishes because yeah. if I don't, he's going to lock me out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, yeah. It, it, it gives you more flexibility. And I, I think he's, I, I think he's very far from a lost cause in the shooting department, which is, which is, I think um, sounds like a backhanded compliment, but, and I guess it is, but it. Uh, he's with, made with more him, threes than Jackson Hayes this year, but Jackson super shooter Hayes. Probably more than Najee too, huh? <laughs> oh God. Has Najee hit made a basket this year? <laughs> Maybe like one, but uh, yeah. I mean like, and that, that's, that's what you need with him. Like, yeah. I mean, if he's going to be this good, this quickly defensively, um, and granted, he's a, well, he's a four-year college guy, so he's not like he's not a nineteen-year-old by any stretch. But if he's this good already, you you don't need him to be you know Clay Thompson from behind the arc to to be viable. And if he can be this versatile defensively, and so I, I think I think it's there. Um, you know, the question is, I, I I just really want to see where he can go from here as a rookie. It's just it's it's so much fun to watch him play basketball. And any he's he's an energizer for the rest of the team too. I think that's that that's important. Like the the, the what he gives on every single possession, I, I think as a, as his teammate, you feel like it's your responsibility to to match his intensity. And so that's the type of guy I want to see on the floor right now for this team. Uh, I you know I think you said everything perfectly because the this team looks like they give a shit on defense. And I don't know if this, this continues when they're one in 15, you know, there's a shelf life to how much guys keep buying in. And if Willie green can get them to continue to do that when, while they're a terrible team, then that dude is a saint. But, Oh, speaking of which I kind of, kind of like changing the subject slightly, but not slightly, but also continuing to pile on Nikhil a little bit. What does it say? that Willie's willing to close with two rookies over that guy. His closing with his preferred closing lineup now includes Herbert and now Trey, which I like. I love it. I love those two together, and I want as much minutes as possible with those two playing together this season. I, I'm enjoying it too. I would – I don't know how – I don't know if I'd read a ton into the Trey bit other than this team needs knockdown shooters in the lineup somewhere, and they really – I don't really know where they have that at all on their team right now. They've got a bunch of 
decent three-point shooters. They don't have anyone who like actually scares me besides maybe Devontae um, because he'll pull up from fucking anywhere. But even that he's not, he's, I mean, he's, he's shooting in the high thirties. He's not like a, he's not, I don't know if he's, oh shit level. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got a high volume right now. There's just like teams are happy letting him shoot because they're like, yeah, you know, uh, if, if we give the Pelicans five offensive possessions, they're going to turn it over in one of them <laughs> and they're going to miss three of the other shots. So if they're scoring, you know, one out of five times, it's fine. <laughs> What's going on, basically? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I kind of see. I mean, that that's you, the utility that, that Murphy has above all else right now. But, yeah, um, I think it's still a fair point to call out that, yeah, Nikhil – and, and I mean Willie Green, totally different guy than than Stan Van Gundy, obviously in a lot of ways, but um, it still should be should be noted. And you know, right, is this I, team stealth tanking? Just look at look at look at their actions, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm asking a jest, but like that was part of the interview process for Willie Green. It's like, if Zion isn't healthy, are you, will you listen to me and play who I want you to play all season? <laughs> I mean. Look, if if Jonas starts mysteriously getting thir- 29 minutes a game and Jackson starts getting more than 20 a game, then the jig is up. We'll, we'll be on to them. But I feel like, you know, one thing I will say, I got to commend them. They're using their young players. They're letting them, they're letting them fail. And that's kind of all we asked for last year with Stan. It's like give them the opportunity to fail. And they're failing. Right. I mean, Carver had a pretty good game the other night. Um, I'd rather watch them fail than Eric Bledsoe fail. 100%. There isn't like a guy on this roster right now where I'm like, bro, why are you getting these minutes? Because Temple, Temple's Temple. out. <laughs> I mean, Temple, but he's not in the rotation anymore. But I mean, he got hurt, but he's also not in the rotation. He got hurt. Yeah. Come on. not in the rotation. So it's like, you know, there really isn't this. Even like, I don't feel bad about like Josh Hart stealing minutes from Najee just because I'm like, whatever, man. Najee's been terrible. I don't really care. And if your plan is to trade Josh Hart, I mean, you, you need to showcase not him. Play him right yeah, now. you need to showcase him. You need to you need to pump up his stats a little bit because they've come the deadline and someone's like, oh, we can use a Joshy Hart in our team. Here's a here's a seventeenth pick in the next draft. Okay, cool, love that. Take him. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. I don't I don't buy they're getting that because uh, that contract is is just about as combustible on the on the Hart side as the team side, so he can. He because he can he can weigh a lot of that one too, right? After the season. <laughs> uh he can, yeah, he can. You're right. So but um, but yeah. wait, I think I think the way I gotta fuck, man. I, I you see how much like I don't give a shit about this anymore. But I was gonna say I think that if the team opts in first, it triggers his but I could be wrong. I think it's maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Whatever, man. Whatever, trade him. <laughs> yeah, and like Ky- Kyra too. Like I, I was, um, you know, talking about just letting guys fail. I think, um, you know, I, I missed the first few games, like I said, and um, it was brought to my attention that Sadoransky was just like awful. And so, not that Kyra's been a revelation. He played really well last game, um, but he, generally speaking, he hasn't been that good either. But um, if neither one's going to be good play the young guy. <laughs> so I, I feel like, you know, maybe they, I, I don't buy that Sadoransky is just cooked. He's 30 and he's been a valuable rotation player in his career. Not a starter, he, but a good rotation it's player. Probably an injury they're not telling us about. <laughs> God, bring it back full circle, huh? Yep. 
Um, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I think at full strength, I would have liked to see him in the rotation and gotten to play through the growing pains of, with this new you know, new team. But because um, like he's been with the he's been with he was with the Bulls pretty much his whole career in the NBA, right? No, bro. He was with the Wizards and my boy Beal. Oh, right. That was a, yeah, that was a big one. He was, he was the, that's right. He was the Wizards first. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I, I think he would be a, like, he should be a rotation player for the Pelicans team if they're fully healthy. Cause I, I don't believe he would continue to be this bad. Um, and, but right now, whatever, Kyra it is. And he's, you know, he, he, he turned it up a notch this last game and we'll see if he can get. Yeah, man. Forward. Just give him, give him all of the opportunities to be on the ball. Like let him go against the Pat Beverly's of the world and learn um, and tell him that he has a green light. Tell that boy that he needs to score because no one else is doing it. Yeah. I got, I got nothing else in car. Just keep on doing you, man. If, if all of this leads us into a great pick, fantastic. And, and, you know, like I'm, People can yell at me all they want. I'm very clear about my my desires for this season, and it's the best possible assets. That's it. That that's all I want out of this season. And then and obviously, like no one else to get hurt, right? Like health, yada yada yada, whatever. I'm I'm calling it in the name of Preston. Doing it in your honor, buddy. Season is over. I can't. I can't wait till we we have our next podcast, and we're basically just talking about. Um, contracts that we're, that we're willing to take on in exchange for, for yeah business. knowing us you know they've gone they're gonna go on like a mini three-game win streak and we're like oh no <laughs> pelicans are back baby pelicans are back baby zion's <laughs> around the corner they're gonna have one win against the team they have no business beating and it's gonna be the suns tomorrow and then they're gonna beat the kings and then i don't even know who they're playing next Her- herbert's gonna hit like five threes <laughs> Oh no, the Suns are kind of like not doing that hot right now, huh? Yeah. Or... Well, they're 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 their own Two kind of three. toxic mess. They yeah. they did not pick up Jalen Smith's third year option, which is yeah. whew. I mean, that's the tenth overall pick right there. Um, and then not that you know, not that he was like a good player that they're missing out on. It's just that like they also gave him absolutely no opportunity. This would be like this would be like the Pelicans saying right now we, we don't want Kyra next year right now you know after the year he had to stand and stay not giving him operating the opportunity and then in the preseason and then, be, and then be like yep see you Kyra because they were the same draft class it's kind of ridiculous I, I I think um what's gonna just because the Pelicans are the Pelicans what's gonna happen is they're gonna go either two and two or three and one over the next four games and then lose to Oklahoma City Oh baby, I want to say zero and four. Zero and four. Prove me wrong, Pelicans. <laughs> they yeah, because they got. Believe it or not, they got two of the next three games are national TV games. Not that anyone is going to be awake for it. Um, <laughs> they're at, at Phoenix on TNT tomorrow night, and then at Golden State on Friday night. And yeah, they're. Uh, I just saw. ESPN. I just saw an amazing tweet. Ime Adoka is just Doc Rivers married to Neil Long. Oh my God, that is an amazing tweet. The Bulls went on a thirty-eight and nine run. Oh my God! Well, I, well, yeah, thirty-nine to eleven was the quarter score. Oh my God, that's incredible. It's 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 something. You um, know, one thing I'm going to take a small victory over. I was very high on Kyra. He's not been very good so far, 
but neither has Aaron Neesmith. And that was a guy I was not very high on. And, and boy, Celtics fans are melting down over Neesmith. Well, when was he picked? What number was he? He was 14. So Kyra was 13. He was 14. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Anywho, I have talked enough about this team that does not reward me for talking about it. <laughs> and I'm going to stop talking about it until the next time we record. And so I, you know, I wish I could say that we were going to have better things to talk about next time. You know what I think? I think we should just pivot to just bringing on guests and and just talk, like bringing on interesting people and having them talk. Because clearly this <laughs> fucking team, I'm serious, man. Look, I'm going to start hitting up all the media folks. We start hitting up coaches. We're gonna we're gonna get some folks on you because I think fans deserve better, and they deserve better than us talking about a trash team. <laughs> I I wasn't sure if you were gonna get even just separate entirely from the sport of basketball. It's like no, 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 no. Chats, we'll talk about Mason basketball. And yeah, basketball. no, <laughs> this is this is Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anywho. Thanks for thanks for listening, folks. And hopefully we we can do better and bring on some interesting folks. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.